Hi everyone. It's been a really long time since I last recorded. Um, I've been settling in here in the Blue Mountains and um, at the beginning it was quite difficult. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really feel like posting anything for a while because I was going through a bit of a difficult time um, with the transition. It was it was really hard for me. I um, I found that I knew this was going to happen. I said in previous um, podcasts that it was going to be difficult. I knew it was going to be difficult because it was leaving my home and it was leaving um, the ocean was really important for me. It was a place that I always went to uh, when I was feeling stressed out or if I needed a break or if I needed some inspiration or if I needed some exercise or if I just needed to ground myself. It, it, was, it was the place I went to with my son to just play on the sand or go and have a coffee or meet friends. It was, it was everything. You know, I, I felt if I needed to do something, I would just go to the beach and I would work out what it was that I needed when I got there. But here in the mountains, I don't feel that I have that kind of go-to location. There's not that one place that I go to um, that offers me everything that I feel I need here I needed to think about it a little bit more um, so I ended up writing this list out and just brainstorming all the things that I got from the ocean and then worked out how I could get each of those things here in the mountains I found coffee shops that I enjoyed going to or playgroups that I like to go to with my son or um, places where there was a bit of sand so we could um, make sand castles together there's a nice sand pit at our community gardens and found some little beachy spots along the creeks so um, yeah we've had a beautiful summer up here um, in the last couple of months it's been really nice just exploring the creeks and doing some beautiful bushwalks and um, enjoying nature in a different way and getting out doing a little bit of hiking has been really nice to get that exercise element and um, meeting lots of new friends and making connections and um, I found that I really enjoyed, um, I, one thing that I really missed was uh, the sense of achievement that I got in surfing. Um, and that was one of the most difficult ones for me to find here. And I thought, oh, maybe I should do rock climbing or, um, <coughs> or maybe windsurfing. Or I, I wasn't really sure what kind of exercise I should be doing. But then I, I realized that I could get the exercise from hiking but I was never going to get that sense of having learnt something, but I found that I, I get that from learning music. So I've been really getting into playing my guitar for a bit of time out and to get that sense of just a little bit of achievement in something that doesn't have anything to do with work or, um, you know, uh, responsibility. It's just play. So, yeah, that's been really healing and good and getting through that. I've been feeling really very much at home here. I've made heaps of good friends and I've been running some circles now. We've been doing Druids Down Under circles at the community garden. We've done two now, just had one on the weekend. And they've been great, really, really nice to connect with a different landscape and feel all the different energies of people coming from other places that have a slightly different thing going on in the seasons and just coming together to celebrate all of those things together. It's been really interesting and, and doing it in, a, in the community gardens is great too because there's all of the apple trees and other fruit trees and there's, they've got corn growing and um, 
the blackberries are just coming into season and uh, yeah there's a there's a beautiful labyrinth there too that we need to take advantage of using it's been a little bit hot the last the last one was a bit too hot to to get out there I don't think it would have been too much fun <laughs> it's in the full sun but as we go into the cooler part of the year I think it'll be a lovely thing to bring into our rituals it's a really nice place up here I've met lots of really nice people and um, yeah getting lots of different projects on the way <coughs> I had a really busy Beltane season <coughs> that actually took me away from the mountains quite a bit um, though there was quite a lot going on up here I wanted to do um, I had a lot of things locked in that were outside of the area um, one was uh, going down to the AWC the Australian Wiccan Conference where I gave a talk on um, a wheel of two life cycles which is an idea from my my new book um, which is out now which is exciting um, I got some of the first copies in the, at the end of December and um, they're available now on my website the book's called Druids uh, sorry Australian Druidry and um, yeah you can get it at www.forestspiritjewelry.com and uh, yeah, you can get the book for $12 or you can get a book and a t-shirt for $45, um, which I think is a pretty good deal. Um, but yeah, so if you want to have a look at that, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, so I've been doing some talks um, before then and, and I've got a lot coming up in the new year. But yeah, so just sharing some of these ideas that, that I've been working on and that my group has been working on with me together over the last few years um, to better connect with the Australian landscape. Uh, yeah, so in Beltane I did the AWC and we did a talk on uh, the Wheel of Two Life Cycles, <coughs> which is basically an idea that um, instead of having one life cycle through the year as we do in the traditional wheel where um, the, the sun for, is, um, or the, you know, the, the sun as the child is born in the winter solstice, and then grows through the spring, reaches fullness in the summertime, is cut down in, in the autumn, and then is in death time through the winter. Um, that's a, a single life cycle for one year. So this is an idea that we would have two life cycles in one year. So you would have a death and rebirth time at the winter solstice, but also at the summer solstice for the fire season. So you have like a a darkness death and a solar um, rebirth at the winter solstice and a forest death and rebirth at, um, at the summer solstice. So that's uh, an idea that we were exploring in that workshop and if you want to read more about it you can find out about it in my book or um, I'm going to be adding more to my blog on the website uh, for my author page as well which is um, www.juliebrett.net um, you can find some of my blogs there. Um, what else? Yeah, so Beltane, there were a few events that I went to. Um, I also was helping out with the um, Gliding Seal Beltane event in Sydney, which was so much fun. We had a great time. I was helping with all the kids' events, and we went through their elements and um, journeyed with them, with them, with the kids. So, um, yeah, showing them how to light a fire safely, and then we uh, did like a tour through the, the forest blindfolded for Earth 
and we made wind chimes for air and uh, oh and then they had a slip and slide for water which was great fun so yeah just giving them that elemental experience and they came up with some great ideas and they were all so cute it was awesome we had 25 kids it was really fun um, but uh, yeah we got a new king and queen for Beltane which was nice and it was really nice for me because I'd been Beltane queen the year before to let go of that and to feel that final end and that passing on of that energy to the new queen was really important for me it felt really moving I, I really enjoyed it I ran the women's circle and um, yeah it was really lovely to bless the new queen and see her take on that role so that was great and uh, and then we did our ritual and it was really nice we did the maypole and um, yeah and had a big feast afterwards it was a fairy style ritual where we went on a journey into fairyland it was it was really beautiful um, and if you want to come to another event uh, run by that same group we're doing a Samhain event in uh, April. It's going to be April the 21st to the 23rd. And uh, we're going to base quite a lot of it on the idea of the three ancestors. So the ancestors of our blood, our bloodlines, um, so our family backgrounds and uh, all the different cultural influences that we inherit through that. And also the ancestors of our inspiration. So that's all the different traditions we've been inspired by and different people and teachers and people that have helped us to find our truth. Um, and also the ancestors of the land. So the stories of, of the land and the history of places and the, the sort of essence and culture um, of the place that we live in. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be running a workshop at that on the three ancestors along with Cara Fenton, who is a very good poet and writer and uh, she's going to be guiding a, a, a guided meditation for us and it's going to be really cool so if you'd like to come along it's like the whole thing's like not for profit it's only I think it's $140 a ticket for t and it includes two nights accommodation all your food um, yeah and these workshops and the ritual and it's um, in Pennant Hills so it's really easy to get to as well as a train station nearby. So yeah, you can find out more about that at glidingsealevents.com. Uh, and yeah, register and, and come along. It's going to be so much fun. If you've got something that you'd like to sell as well, we do a free market on the Sunday. So if you want to bring along anything, if you've got some old books you want to sell or some cool ritual gear or um, I know some artwork that you've done or anything really or if you're an author and you want to sell some books I'm, I'm going to bring my books and my jewelry so yeah if there's anything you'd like to bring along you can contact Mark through the gliding seal events website that's gliding seal like an animal gliding through the water a seal yeah um, but I'll put some more I'll put some links in the show notes so yeah it would be great if you could come along to that it's going to be really fun um, I've also got a few events coming up uh, in the next couple of months. I'm doing a couple of red tent events and also going down to Adelaide for the English Ale, which is always a really fun, amazing event. It's uh, a mishmash of awesome um, British and yeah, just Celtic and yeah, just sort of folk, folk traditions 
And uh, so they have Morris dancing and a Punch and Judy show and uh, and we do a Druids of Oz talk and I'm going to be the, the guest speaker um, this year, so that's going to be really fun. I'm going to uh, be talking a lot about the subjects in my book, so we'll cover things like um, the Three Ancestors and the Wheel of the Year and creating a local Wheel of the Year, uh, also the, the Wheel of Two Life Cycles and uh, the Round of Amagene, which is a, a really nice way of opening ceremonies and, and just a couple of other things that um, are sort of my peaks of, of what makes doing ritual in Australia really special. <coughs> Excuse my cough. And the Druidry tradition. So yeah, we'll be doing a, a two hour workshop on that um, if you'd like to come along. Uh, I'll have the more details about it soon, but if you check out on Facebook the English Ale, um, and I think you'll be able to find out the uh, the website from that, but I'll, I'll put it in the show notes when I know what it is. Uh, so there are, there are tickets that you need to buy if you'd like to come along to the talk. It's only $10. Um, but yeah, so it's a two-hour talk and I'll go into quite a lot of depth, which will um, give you lots of tips on how to, how to do extra special Australian Druidry style rituals to connect with the sacred landscape. Um, yeah, so that's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm also going to have my jewellery down there. I'm going to bring along my shop, basically. So <laughs> I'll have all the jewellery and books and T-shirts and, um, and I'll be doing the talk. And the ritual is amazing afterwards. And there's a, a band um, plays at the end. Um, spiral dance, I'm sure, will be on. Um, they're important in organising the whole event, so um, they'll definitely be on. A great pagan band and um, I'm sure there'll be others as well. <coughs> It'll be really good to see you there. Um, yeah, so, so come along. It's a really fun day and we also have this ritual in the evening where they get these amazing, um, like, uh, what would you call them? Like dress up kind of and, and and big like float type things. They they move these these characters that are larger than life, big paper paper mache characters, and and dress up hobby horses and all kinds of like folk style parade creatures that they they take along the the parade way. And then we have a big ritual at the end for um, the season, which they interpret in a really interesting way. It's um, done in May. So it kind of has a bit of the May Day theme about it, but it's also Samhain here. So it has a bit of that as well. And they, they interpret it really beautifully as um, Australia, we, we're moving away from that fire season where it's dry and, and into the winter where we get a lot of rain and everything goes quite green. It's the coming of the green, but as we're going into winter. So it's quite an, an interesting take on that seasonal aspect. So yeah, it's an interesting event to go to. Lots of really interesting people go along and the community down there is fantastic and uh, they also get a lot of the local people in the area involved in coming to watch the parade so that's really fun to be a part of that as well so yeah I hope you'll come along all right so today's um, interview I guess it's not really an interview it's just a chat me and my friend Lisa we were having a chat about just having a sustainable life and living sustainably and 
um, what it's like to, you know, just what what just sharing ideas about what we do to be more sustainable and yeah, being a into a nature spiritual path, nature spirituality. Um, I find thinking about how to be more sustainable is really important. It helps me to make sure I'm caring about the earth with everything that I do. And, um, and Lisa shares that uh, sensibility. And um, yeah, so we're just having a chat about that. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you next time. So yeah, let's talk about being environmentally better. I don't know, improving our lives. How, how do you do it? What are the things you do? We were talking before about like, like cutting up old towels and using them for your dishcloths and using compostable scourers. Mm. And just trying, trying to the extent that it's even possible not to throw anything away. You know, I, I have a whole shelf full of jars and I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to use those jars for, yeah. but I'm going to use them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, buying things with the intention to use them again. Yeah. Like, I've been going to the supermarket and and buying a jar of pickles because it's in a really nice jar. Yeah. And then I can eat the pickles, but I can also use the jar for, like, making kombucha or... Yeah. Um, yeah, always thinking, oh, how many uses can I get out of this thing? Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I made a decision recently when I was making some of the laundry butter... <clears throat> that rather than put it into the plastic tubs, because quite often I'll, if I'm making it for my own use, I'll reuse my hummus tubs <laughs> and yeah. put my laundry butter in that. But I had to sell them, so I put them in mason jars. And, yeah, just knowing that those mason jars are out there, no doubt being reused by the people that took them. Oh, right, them. You, took, you gave them to the people that were buying the... Yeah, buying the laundry butter. So you've oh, got to right. put it in okay. something. Yeah, right. Um, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, so rather yeah. than more plastic. I bought a whole bunch of, um, like, Makona... You know, like coffee, but they've got like the, the, the seal on the top. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I bought like a whole, a whole box full of those. And I thought I will just make something and give them to people as gifts. Make maybe. Yeah. Um, I love making sauerkraut. Yep. It's really nice. I love Ooh. all those fermented things. It's so nice to do something that's like, because I, I hate buying cabbage and then you end up throwing half of the cabbage away. Yeah. So like one thing you can do is like, or any vegetable, just like cook it in a big pot, make soup or make some yeah. some big vegetable thing and then put it in meal-sized containers and put it in the freezer. Yeah. Love doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because then you don't ever waste anything. Yeah. Nothing. Like, did you see that video that came out not that long ago? It was like a picture of a strawberry and it's growing in a field and like all the harvest like machines that went over it and ploughing the ground and planting the seed and the seed growing and like the whole process and it going onto the truck and be, being washed and put in packaging and and then um, being put on the supermarket shelf, put in the trolley, put in the fridge and going off and being thrown away. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Thank God. <laughs> and it's oh. just so heart-wrenching that like, you know, all we do is see that one little bit where we go to the supermarket, we put it in the fridge and then we forget about the strawberries and don't use them and then throw them away. But there, there's so much energy that goes into getting those strawberries mm -hmm. to us. Yeah. So much effort. and. Well, one thing yeah. that, that really disturbs me about food waste is, and it's possibly because they have eyes, when mm. you go somewhere that sells fish and they've got all of this fish lying around on ice and yeah. there's so much of it, Yeah. so much fish, 
how many of those fish on any given day do you think that that retailer actually sells and how much yeah. of it is just window dressing to encourage people to buy the one or two fish that actually get sold? Yeah, I've wondered about that. I wonder what they do. I mean, I know that a lot of like restaurants and things have a really good way of making sure they use everything. Like if they're cutting up vegetables and peeling things, they'll put it all in the stock mm. container and make sure that they make stock out of it so that they can do a soup or they'll, you know, if they've got to do like... Um, use eggs for basting the pastry, uh, br you know, brushing the pastry, then they'll use the, the egg white to make a meringue or mm -hmm. something like that, you know, always making sure that everything, not, there's never any waste, but, and I assume that they would be good with that, but. I hope so. I don't know. I mean, like, we ask. get that food rescue thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so there's like a, just like a church group or something goes around and collects all of the, the end of date food or, or vegetables that would be chucked in the skip because a new load of vegetables has come in and they give them to the the community um like kind of preschool center and um and yeah we just grab whatever we were and talking before good. about the use by dates as well yeah <clears throat> and you just don't believe the use by date on your dairy yeah, products but, oh yeah dairy products yeah if usually if you haven't it opened it yet it does yeah. last a little bit longer but once you've opened it it can be pretty close use your senses and if yeah. it's you know if, yeah if smell you, it yeah, yeah don't don't just go by the date yeah but like stuff like pasta and like canned food as well like most of those will go way past their use by oh, date yeah. There's lots of food rescue places around that you can use. And they're not just for poor people. They're for people who don't want to see food wasted. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's really good. I hate the idea of food waste. Yeah. I hate ever having to take anything out of my fridge and throw it away. Yeah, me too. But, yeah, and it's really, oh, I love living here as well. Like, living in this house is so good. Um, having a garden, being able to compost. Mm -hmm. But we, because we can compost and we can recycle um soft plastics at the supermarket um pretty much every coles does it by the way everybody um or Woolworths. they have a wheelie bin out the front mm -hmm. and you can just put all your plastic bags in there and um yeah and because we've done that and we and we recycle pretty much everything yeah we do like one bag of garbage not even a like just a normal shopping bag size a week that's about it yeah it's um yeah well I you know what I would really love to be able to do more is make my own alcohol because yeah. I think that one of like we like yeah we have a drink <laughs> <laughs> and you know you end up using so much bottles and cans yeah like yeah it would be so good oh but you've got that how what do you what kind of you tell us about your um cider oh my cider because <clears throat> that's good well it's so easy. Um, basically, you need a bottle of apple juice from a shop that's not got preservatives in it. Oh, okay. Um, so, so it's like normal kind of just no brand apple juice. Apple juice yeah, is no okay. brand. As long as yeah. it's not got preservatives because okay. then the preservatives will kill the yeast if you put it in. Right. Sorry, just going to check on my scone. Do, <laughs> do go on. So, and you sort of, you learn to, to eyeball it. You put in a little bit of yeast in. Um, that's it. You pour off a cup. What kind of yeast with. do you use? Oh, you can use bread yeast. Oh, really? I mean, I use wine yeast. I, I tried like that it once and it tasted awful. It tastes quite beery yeah. if you put bread yeast in. So which, which one tastes nicer? Because you did one that was kind of sparkling and good. Wine yeast. Champagne yeast. Champagne yeah, yeast. Yeah, just, just one of the fruity wine yeasts. Mm. But getting your hands on that, I don't know. If, if, I suppose if I went to a home brew shop, I could get some. But it's a, I've never sort of come across it in my travels where it's been convenient. But I do have some that I bought online and I've still got some left. And I'm yeah, still I've going got to do it. that. Yeah. 
And the balloon trick and the is balloon. great. Yeah, you just put the balloon over the... So, so you pour yeah. off a cup so that when it ferments and the, and the foam comes up, it's not going to... So it's got a space at the top. Yeah, a bit of space yeah. at the top. Um, you put in your yeast. You give it a shake. How much yeast? Just like a teaspoon? Oh, probably a quarter teaspoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, in two or three litres of, of juice. Um, put the a balloon over the top, put a pinhole in it, and as it ferments and produces the gas... The gas yeah. fills up the balloon. But and it can the go tiny... out of the pinhole, yeah. but it can't go back in That's again. exactly right. Yeah. And then when your balloon deflates, you know it's finished fermenting and it's mm. pretty much ready to drink. You just make sure you don't drink the drinks in the bottom. Yum. Mm. Yeah, I've got to do that. That would be a good way to reduce some more waste. Yeah, it's good shopping at op shops as well. Mm -hmm. We had so many good things. Lou always loves the toys that he gets from there and such random things as well. <laughs> it's been a, a, a funny experience for me, the op shop. I used to shop at the op shop all the time. Um, just circumstances dictated that that was something I needed to do <clears throat> because buying new things just wasn't an option. We couldn't afford it. And as time's gone by, that's become, it's, not become an, it's not a necessity anymore. Yeah. But there's nothing like finding a bargain in an op shop yeah. and knowing that you know, there's something that there hasn't had to be yet more production to, to yeah, produce it. It's, yeah, it's getting it hasn't ended place. up going into landfill mm -hmm. and, yeah, so many reasons. And it's good when you like, I mean, because sometimes you want to throw away clothes not because you've worn them out but just because you change size or I like for me moving to a different climate. I don't need anywhere near as many, like, beachy mm -hmm. clothes that I used to have. My wardrobe's full of them and I have to take them all out and... Yeah, and I'm going to have to cull beach dresses because I have too mm. many. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We've mm. still got a summer to get through. That's Who knows? Right. Maybe, maybe we'll still just, use them. Maybe just wait and see. But yeah, well, <laughs> that's why I... But something I love to do as well is rotating my wardrobe. Um, I get like a, a big suitcase or a big box and I just put in anything that I'm not going to be wearing in this current season. And then, um, yeah, six months down the track... You, you're got in a, whole a new, new yeah. You've got a, and you've <laughs> just got all these cool clothes that fit you perfectly, or, or really clothes that you really loved, and, and you're so glad that you hadn't got rid of them because they've got a renewed life on them now. You suddenly missed them. <laughs> and it's so funny, you know. There's there's certain clothes that I've got in my cupboard, and I probably had them for 10, 15 years. Yeah. And I don't wear them, but they yeah. have sentimental value. Yeah. So, so I hang on to those. Sitting looking at them. <laughs> but I don't know if you've heard this trick that someone said. If you're talking about decluttering your wardrobe, mm. and you know, of course, sending your clothes off so that someone else can enjoy them if every time you wear you hang all your um uh, coat hangers facing a particular way yeah yeah and every time you wear something and put it back after you've worn it after you've washed it you turn the hangover oh coat hanger around and at the end of six or 12 months you look and if there are any coat hangers that you haven't turned around you just don't wear that and you probably yeah, don't need it and that's maybe a really else good does, idea so. yeah wow good idea yeah another one that i heard about like minimalizing was um you know which is different to not wasting but it's still a good thing to Same, do just because it makes concept, life feel a bit better yeah is um going through your wardrobe and if you don't absolutely love it if you feel kind of meh about Keep something your <laughs> yeah just get rid of it or at least do what I do and put it in a box for six months and then, and when then you pull it out yeah again, if you, love, you it. love it in six <laughs> months then you're allowed to keep it and if you still feel meh about it then it's time to take it to the the charity store. Mm. Yeah, it's good. There's so many cool, other cool things you can get at charity stores though as well. I like oh, yeah. upcycling up and yeah. Yeah, making oh. things a bit cooler, tie-dying stuff or I getting these great like glassware old and fashioned crockery. mugs and yeah. stuff. We're sitting here drinking tea out of, out of some upcycled mugs. I love these. <laughs> these are great. 
<laughs> yeah, and you know, if if um, suddenly you you find yourself that you you do need a new frying pan or something, you probably don't need a new frying pan. Yeah, you know? yeah. Probably better if it's been seasoned. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, it's like you've got to think about a whole bunch of different things. It's not just about it being secondhand. It's also about whether it's going to be compostable or how much plastic has it got in it or how much um, uh, energy went into its production mm. or how far away did it come from or um, is it made out of natural things. Yeah, there's so many things to think about. So tell me more about the coconut fibre um, dish scrubbers. Because where do you get those? Um, I got it at the co-op. I'm pretty sure that any co-op would have them or any of the like health food stores mm -hmm. that, that have any of that sort of stuff. But you could probably get it online. I don't know what the brand is. I wonder I can if probably you could find out the, and put it in the show notes. The coconut fibre that you can get at the nursery for putting in hanging baskets? I assume I it's a know. similar like, thing. But... It's, it's fused together somehow. with It's glued together and it really holds its shape really well. Hmm. They, they last way longer than those green scourers and they don't have the little bits of green that end up going down the sink, which end up going into our fish. And, and we end up eating them. I'm so excited it's, to know about these coconut yeah, fibre scrubbers. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. It'd be nice to get... Uh, and you can get, like, if they're not good enough for scrubbing your dishes, you get, like, a natural fibre um, wooden-handled scrubber brush mm -hmm. and use that for, you know, the heavy baked-on things. Because it's all of those plastic things that you don't think yeah. about being plastic, like toothbrushes. Yeah, oh, toothbrushes um, are really difficult. I haven't quite found a, a good... You can get bamboo. Tooth. I've bought yeah, bamboo right. ones. Because the ones I've used got... have been way too soft. Oh, I got ones that... And mine, I like a hard toothbrush. Okay. And I ordered... Uh, I just got one to try it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I feel a little bit irresponsible ordering one because, you know, it costs just as much to ship one as... Well, it? then you <laughs> test it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I bought one and I couldn't be happier with it. So mm. once it's done, you can compost it. And yeah, that's it's so good. And it's got charcoal in the fibres. And oh, when okay. the charcoal fades away, you know that... Oh, okay. But it's also good for... Um, uh, fixing any discoloration in your teeth, the yeah, charcoal right. is absorbent, oh, so right. apparently. So I've been using that and um, bentonite clay rather than toothpaste. Yeah, right, just by itself. Yeah, just or... dampen the brush and dab it in and then use yeah, it. Right. And it's because it's abrasive, uh, it just, you know, polishes your teeth rather than putting extra fluoride. Because if your water's fluoridated, you don't need the fluoride yeah. in toothpaste too. Yeah, right. So there's one more plastic tube you don't need to bring home from the shops. Yeah. Yeah, I was buying a toothpaste that's like a plant-based toothpaste and it comes in a metal, those old-fashioned metal tubes. It oh. does still have a plastic lid, which is annoying, mm. but, but it's got the metal tube, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, yeah, just trying to think about it that way too. Um, and wooden yeah, hairbrushes with, with the... Um, it's a little difficult, I suppose, if you're vegan, you're obviously not going to want to use a hairbrush. It's got animal... Yeah. fibers in it yeah but the bamboo fibers are really good mm -hmm. and the coconut fibers i guess yeah yeah um because everything's plastic when you think about it mm. everything we use so much of what we use is plastic without a second thought yeah i know i know yeah um i remember seeing a thing about people protesting an oil rig being put in and they went out to it in in mm. kayaks i remember and that. everyone was like you're such hypocrites you couldn't have gotten out there without <laughs> The byproducts of They should oil. have gone and cut down a tree and carved a yeah. canoe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're, but we're all hypocritical in that way a lot of the time. You know, we, we really wish that there could be another way of doing it, but we also really like not paying much money for things. And mm. you've got to kind of... We do what we can. Yeah, and I think... realise the consequences of that not paying much money for things as well and, and know that when you do pay a little bit more that you're making an investment into the environment. Even just so. exercising some mindfulness about it, being cognizant of 
the fact that, for example, your toothbrush is plastic and you were just going to throw it away after, you know, they try to convince you that you need to throw it away after about two weeks. But, um, you know, you there are so many things that just knowing about it and thinking about it, I think, changes the way you approach your purchasing and your purchasing choices. Yeah, totally. And it may be that you're willing to pay a bit more to buy things that come from a different origin, but... It may be that you can find alternatives because you're thinking about it that actually aren't really any more expensive at all or at least have longer longer usages or have a, an alternative use when you're finished with it. Mm. Yep. Yeah, thinking about multiple uses is really good. There's like a whole... It's like there's a list of priorities that you have to think about yeah. every time you buy something, which can be quite complicated when you start doing it. It's like you've got to sit down and write down all of the reasons why you should or should not buy something. And then you've got to try and think about all of those with every single item that you pick up, which is a lot of hard work. Yeah. But I think the more that you do it, the habits that you form yeah. um, become easier and you find products that you know that that is a good choice and I can I can buy that regularly Yeah. and then it becomes easier. Even tea bags. Oh, I, I don't use you. tea bags anymore. Yeah. That was one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I use a teapot yep. with a with a metal strainer in it, yep. or I use those little scissor strainer single mm -hmm. ones, mm -hmm. and I buy um, tea either at the co-op on bulk, yep. or because I, I did some um, volunteering at the co-op, and basically some things they do buy in huge bags, and it's really worth doing it through the co-op because then they recycle that one bag for heaps and heaps of people. But sometimes they're filling up a fairly large container with like five or six little bags. Mm. Ah! That's, that's, counter, not, that's not working. Counterproductive. <laughs> Only every now and then. But then I figure if if you can find a tea tea mm. that comes on bulk in a box that you can reuse that you like, and you can recycle the the plastic bag that's inside, mm -hmm. um, then you've done better mm -hmm. than the co-op even in some ways because you've double used it. Yeah. And yeah, that's I, I don't think a lot of people realise that almost almost all tea bags have some plastic in them. Yeah, right. So that you, you assume you can compost your tea bags but no. they won't break down. Yeah, and the string just takes forever. Mm. And then you end up with a garden full of string. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of people just end up not using those tea bags and it's just so much waste but but not even just the non-compostability of them it's the fact that somebody's had to produce those yeah when you think about you know your little pack of tea bags it's probably got a little pile of rubbish in it but you think of all of the tea bags that you've ever used mm -hmm. and all of the factories full of those things piled up they don't have to be there at all if you just use or even better, like you get into herbal tea and grow your own in the garden. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, then you'd have a great any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that would be ideal. Mm. So we're we're just sitting here um, eating scones while we <laughs> while we have a chat, and um, yeah, um, we're eating them because I I got some cream, two like five hundred mil cream cartons from from the food rescue, and they they go off tomorrow. So I thought, yeah, let's make some scones um, just so that we don't have to have that cream go off. So we're sitting here eating scones made literally out of self-raising flour, salt and cream. And they're great. And it worked. They mm. worked really well. <laughs> and um, with cream on top. Of course. Because you can't have enough cream, really. Well, if there's cream to be had, you may as well have it. Mmm. Yeah. I'm not sure vegan, sorry. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, it's coconut cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, me and Matt's mum have this joke that if you put cream on it, it cancels out all the calories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's something in that, but I don't know whether it worked with all the calories. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, something else I like to do is um, keep all of the cardboard boxes and, and um, like, the PET bottles and stuff for craft. And, mm -hmm. yeah, um... There's lots of schools that really would like you to collect those and, and give them to them because they do all sorts of craft things at preschools and primary schools that they need plastic bottles and toilet rolls and um, coloured paper and or yeah and you can shred office paper though mm. I don't really have any office <coughs> as much these days. I buy my cat food frozen and it's in these frozen patties which are wrapped in plastic which mm -hmm. traumatised me for a long time because I was throwing it away. Then I discovered that I could recycle it. So as oh, long cool. as I break the patties out while they're still frozen, they come out clean as a whistle mm. and I can recycle that. But then I'm left with these cardboard boxes which are a good size, they're sort of 10 by 20 centimetres and just throwing them in the recycling seems, seems pointless. So I've been using them for if I have to send parcels to people. Mm. So, and most people that, that I, if I send them soap that I've made, um, generally they know that I make it as a hobby and I'm not going to have special packaging, etc. But I think some people think that it is actually a business and that I, I would, they'd be expecting some sort of nicely wrapped parcel coming in the mail. So oh, even sometimes when I buy stuff from business, like proper businesses, they send me things in shoeboxes. Yeah. So um, I just I need to make sure when I send these uh, these soaps to people um, for the first time that they're not vegan because the oh, um, right. because, because the, the box the box actually has um, the name the cat food is biologically appropriate raw food B A R F <laughs> so <laughs> these boxes have bath emblazoned oh, no. on them and uh, <laughs> and they've and they've had cat meat in them so. Right. As long as people are cool with receiving that, and actually most people are overwhelmingly supportive of the fact that it's it's recycled. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, reducing the, the amount of plastic and wasted packaging. But it is pretty funny to receive a box in the mail. Sometimes I've had people that have contacted me to say, my boyfriend collected it from the post office and he didn't understand why I'd been ordering cat food. Right. <laughs> funny. Yeah, um, that's one of my uses for my tea boxes. Mm. I use them for packaging for my necklaces sometimes. The only, I think once I got a, an email back saying thank you for using <laughs> <laughs> recycled packaging, mm. it's nice that it came in a tea box, but I've never had a complaint. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully it goes down okay. But, yeah, all my packaging is recycled as much as I can. If I've got boxes available, I'll use them. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got, um, yeah, cardboard that I get, you know, from whatever cardboard we receive and um, I'm still using uh, bubble wrap from uh, the, the one new item that we've bought in years which was a fridge because mm -hmm. we, we figured it was about time to have a new one. We've never ever had a new one before, I'd always bought second hand ones and yeah it's nice to have a new one but we got lots of bubble wrap with it so we got to, to use it. My mum uh, recently, I, I recycled a couch Mm. My mum got a new couch, so I took her, her previous couch. And mum was concerned that it would come to me safely without being scratched by the removalist, so she wrapped the entire thing in bubble wrap. Oh, my gosh. That, that's taking quite a while to get through. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I nearly bought a new sofa, and then um, 
It was going to cost about $600 and I did, we just sort of sat on it and went, nah, I think we can probably get one better. And we use buy, sell, swap sites that they have on Facebook. Mm. Um, we ended up getting one for 50 bucks. So it was almost exactly the same as the other sofa. Really? It had been in a, um, like a holiday home and they were just selling everything in the holiday home. They just wanted it out. So yeah, that was really good. But the, the Northern Beaches was good for that stuff. There were a lot of people doing things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, and council cleanup. Oh my gosh, gold mine up there. Oh, I love council cleanup days. Mm. The Blue Mountains does seem to be a little bit more um, generally good at being Not efficient with the waste. <laughs> yeah. they, the things that people put out on the side of the road tend to be rubbish mm. for real. Mm. Whereas on the northern beaches you get all sorts of things. We basically furnished our house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Liverpool Council doesn't have council clean-up days anymore. You just have to organise uh, a pick-up and put oh, your yeah. stuff out. But it's got to be put out the night before, after 7pm or something. And yeah. Then they come in the morning. Really so quick. Yeah, yeah, it's a very small window of opportunity. Which I, I don't really like. I wish they wouldn't do that because it would be really nice if people had the opportunity to go through that and... yeah find the good stuff but then I know that sometimes they take it to the tip where they go through it all and they take out the things that are good and they sell them mm. like yeah better than thinking it's just going to be disposed of yeah yeah sometimes they just come with the truck and crush it all and you think gosh what a waste yeah yeah we've got so many things like that I have no shame scavenging me either but you know when you're doing it for the right reasons it's there's, there is no, yeah, there's definitely no shame in it. It's a good thing to be doing. There's pride in it almost. What else? Mm, making stuff. Um, making your own cleaning products. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do not go into the cleaning aisle at the supermarket anymore. Mm. I don't go into the shampoo aisle, the soap aisle, the aisle that sells all of the smelly things that people put on their yeah, skin. you make the soap. Yeah, I make my own yeah. dishwashing detergent. I love having your soap, actually, at home. Because I like knowing that it's made fairly locally and you know, good ingredients. And, and you know what's in it. You yeah. should eat pretty much anything that's in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so hair soap, body soap, dish soap, laundry soap. Mm-hmm. At a fraction of what it would cost you to buy it. Mm-hmm. A literal fraction of what it would cost you to buy it. Yeah. And you know it's made of things like coconut oil. Mm. That's it, pretty much. Certainly the, the, the cleaning products are made with coconut oil. And that's it. Um, apart from the lye. But that's it. You, you're not putting you know, SLSAs and everything else yeah. on your skin. You know that it's you know stuff Carbons that you could be eating, and you've got you know complete visibility in terms of what's in it, and it has names that you know, not chemicals that you don't understand. Mm. And um, I think it would be you know I know it's time consuming for people to make their own, but yeah, it's also um, it's such a great saving. Yeah. Or just to. Oh, I think it's just good to get someone to make it for you, though, as well. Mm. Kombucha's been my favourite thing. I've been a I've, bit obsessed with kombucha. I've been so healthy since starting drinking it mm-hmm. as well. And it's so easy to do. Just, yeah. Was tea, that? Tea, Did I give you water. the scoby? Mm, no, my friend Shelley did. Mm. Mm. I've given a few scobies away, but I'm not sure where they've all gone. Yeah, <laughs> I've probably got enough to give some away up there. It takes a lot longer in the mountains so I can be pretty relaxed about it. I don't need to do it all the time. Mm. 
but yeah, it's nice. And Matt does like to make mead as well, which is, mm. yeah, the honey, that's a good one. Um, so, yeah, let's wrap it up, unless you can think of anything else. Nothing's jumping out at me. Mm. Unless we all want to keep our own goats and milk them. Oh, yeah, I totally <laughs> do. I really do. I would love that. Yeah. Although uh, I, hope, I hope my I daughter like... doesn't hear that because she'll want me to get a goat now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, um... If we can just sort of reduce our income to the point, or, or you know, you only you only need to have the income that will let you do the things that you just need to do to survive, really, mm. and then have maybe a little bit of fun. But there's, yeah. like, there's so much value to just looking after your garden and needing minimal things and buying things locally and finding people that oh that's another good one is is finding people that can make things that you can give to people as gifts rather yeah. than buying things that are mass produced yeah like so you're supporting community artisans like and um yeah and, and yeah just people that you know locally it's always really nice um yeah, I think we could. There could be a whole, a whole other discussion about the disposability of mm. gift giving and oh, buying yeah, people so much. plastic things just because there's some sense of obligation to do so. Yeah, um, it's I mean, so much better to buy something that's really <coughs> heartfelt and, um, yeah, made, made by someone that you know or like. Yeah, I've I've got a friend that makes um, like baby quilts with all different oh, textures on them and. And another friend that does some um, like photography and there's you know let's like finding a community that you can support is mm -hmm. really nice um, and environmentally conscious as well because it brings it closer makes it more local yeah so many things but yeah so do you want to tell people where you soap where they can get you soap oh sure uh, I have a Facebook page uh, which is Kangaroo Apple Soap Studio and at the moment that's the, the the place where I sell it. Um, I'm not doing any markets or anything at the moment. So if you would like to have a look, that's where it is. And they're lovely, and she has cool designs on them with like rainbow swirlies and um, the evil eye, really cool, <laughs> and and all other kinds of interesting things and shapes. I do and, love um, a rainbow. Yeah, and they've got all nice smells and they're beautiful, and I like to use them. Um, yeah. So thanks for talking to us, Lisa. It's been fun. Thank you. Bye. So thanks for listening in. That was Lisa um, from Kangaroo Apple Soap having a chat with me about living sustainably and thinking about how we can consider the environment in um, just our daily lives. It was really interesting to have a chat with Lisa. Excuse our our um, scone eating and um, cup clinking. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a nice casual chat. I hope you got something out of it. And um, I'd love to see you at some of those events. And if you want to get my book um, or find out more about what I do, you can have a look at my websites, which are www.juliebrett, that's um, B-R-E-T-T, dot net, or um, forestspiritjewelry.com, J-E-W-E-L-R-Y. Awesome. And uh, if there's any more info you need, you'll find it in the show notes. I'll see you next time. Bye.